Hey, welcome to Vision Drip, a podcast designed to give you a steady drip of our vision, mission, and DNA to establish and refine the gospel culture at Sacred City Church. I'm your host, Pastor Sam Schmidt, church planter and pastor of Sacred City Moline. I am very excited to have you with me as I hope this helps to equip you as a disciple of Jesus in the everyday rhythms of life as we set out together to make disciples, plant churches, and renew the city. Not only do I hope this helps you grow, but it would grow your affections for Jesus. So let's dive into this episode of Sacred City Vision Drip. Hey, this is Pastor Sam. Welcome back to episode two of the Sacred City Vision Trip. Um, man, I, I couldn't believe it. I honestly, to tell you the truth, last week I had no intentions, at the beginning of the week I had no intentions um, of starting a podcast. It sort of just fell into place. Um, I did have this desire to, to kind of like put out these videos, a um, little bit of training things to, to, to put out specifically in the hands of the people of Sacred City Moline to help us think through and to take action toward um, creating a gospel culture here and, and really making a better gospel culture by, by honing in our, on our DNA, gospel community mission, looking at our identities and rhythms, right? We, we are a family of missionary servants learning to live all of life increasingly in submission of Jesus Christ. And so I just wanted, that's what started this whole thing. Um, and, and here we are. Um, I, I guess I'm going to try to do this on a pretty regular basis as long as my schedule allows and I've got something worth, you know, worthwhile to, to talk about. And so um, instead of doing the video thing that I initially started out, I, I'm just going to move exclusively here to a podcast. You can find it on iTunes, on Spotify, um, mostly because I think this is the most accessible way to get this content into your hands. I think it's easier to, you know, put, put this on in the car on the ride uh, to work. Plus, nobody really wants to look at my face any longer than you have to. So I'm doing you a favor here by moving this to an audio format. Now, I started out the whole um, podcast talking about gospel hospitality. I think, I think gospel hospitality is such an important piece of, of, of culture, of a gospel culture, because first of all, it expresses that we've encountered the real hospitality of Jesus, that that once we see that Jesus's arms are wide open towards us, he's ready to embrace us, he's running after us, he's, in, he's pursuing us, he's engaging with us, and he wants to bring us into his family, we cannot help but then adopt that same disposition toward other people. And God graciously gives us um, a family, so we're a community, a gospel community, where we have brothers and sisters who share our sa the same convictions in regards to faith in Jesus, where we get to practice this hospitality toward one another. Um, and we see this in that we all come from different uh, backgrounds, different lifestyles, um, different um, careers, different uh, socioeconomic backgrounds, different races and ethnicities. And so we get to practice this hospitality towards one another in the context of community, and, and that's so awesome. That's such a privilege to do that. And and, and I created this card um, last week, and, and it's available at the bookstore when you're here on Sunday morning. You can pick one up, just throw it in your Bible, your journal, or whatever. 
to, to give you some prompts on how we can intentionally be more hospitable towards people, asking good questions, because so much of, of what we do or so much of hospitality is conversational, like being a good conversationalist. Um, and so I, I put that little resource together um, to help us in the context of our missional communities and on Sunday gatherings. But there's also this other aspect uh, of engaging people who aren't necessarily part of our, our community yet. The, the, so um, thinking, of, thinking of hospitality in terms of, of as a missionary technique, like the way that we are, are really exercising our missionary identity is when we are practicing good gospel hospitality. Now, let me just back up for a minute and just put my finger on this. What's the definition? What do I mean by hospitality? Hospitality is the act of making outsiders feel as though they belong. So, I mean, we, we think about this. We, there's so many different ways that we can section ourselves off and say, oh, I belong to this group of people. They belong to that group of people, right? Hospitality says, listen, I, I, see those, I see those dividing barriers. I see those walls. I see those lines that we've drawn in the sand. And honestly, the gospel supersedes all of that. So I'm willing to, to knock down whatever barriers there are in the way in order to welcome you and treat you as though you're, you're part of this family, that, that you actually belong here. And that is so powerful. I talked about Rosaria Butterfield and just the powerful um, work of hospitality, of just like ordinary hospitality, of opening up your home, um, making the, 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 uh, your dinner table a weapon for the kingdom of God, to, to bring people, to expose people to the gospel. Such a powerful testimony of how God used that gospel hospitality in her life to bring her to faith. Man, and, and I think God wants to use our dinner tables to do the same. I think God wants to use our missional communities and our Sunday gatherings to do the same, to show that hospitality towards people who think, well, I'm not really a church person. I'm not really a Jesus follower. Yet here we are, arms wide open, like Christ is toward us, and showing them the love of Jesus. Say, hey, why don't you come in? Why don't you sit down? We're so glad you're here. We hope that you feel like you belong. And, and part of this is motivated, like pressing in on the issue of hospitality is motivated um, because we're sitting here in the COVID era, era where it takes so much uh, boldness and, and courage to step out of what's comfortable and step into unfamiliar territory. And I just wanted to, us to think really um, intentionally about engaging people who are willing to take that step out, um, which motivated last week's podcast. Now, I want to I want to talk about this other dimension of hospitality in this cultural moment in regards to the election cycle that we're in right now, right? We're, we're within a month, less than a month of, of uh, the elections taking place. Uh, political tensions are high. You see signs everywhere. It's inescapable. You can't get away from the reality that, that people have opinions here. People have a, a lot of opinions and, you know, and it's not a bad thing to have opinions politically, although I think it's hard to get really fired up about one, one ticket or the other. Um, but, you know, people have, have opinions. People ha- have, have some sort of conviction when it comes to politics. Now, one of the things that we really, really need to be cautious of as Christians is to make sure that our, our faith in Jesus, right, the life within the kingdom of God and what it means to practice the way of Jesus doesn't get superseded by our political convictions. In fact, as Christians, when we say Jesus is Lord, right? And we went through the book of Colossians. Um, we finished that up not too long ago, studying through the whole book of Colossians. The whole thing was Jesus over everything, 
right? Jesus over my home, Jesus over my family, Jesus over my money, Jesus over um, my sexuality, Jesus over politics. And so what we're saying when we say Jesus is Lord, that he's actually Lord over the political realm too. And so that my political views need to be subject to the Lordship and the dynamics of the kingdom of God that Jesus lays out for us in the New Testament. Um, And so we, as a church family, need to make sure that our missional communities, that, that, that the communities that we find ourselves part of are holding fast to Jesus and not to certain political ideologies. Now, I think that if you step into some churches, following Jesus is synonymous with certain political parties. I, I think it really depends on what city you're in and what church you're stepping into. Um, but some people say, well, Jesus cared for the poor. And so that means that Jesus was a liberal. And some people say, well, Jesus, no, he, he really, he called people to take independent, independent, you know, personal responsibility. So he must've been a conservative. Well, Jesus wasn't either one of those. Like Jesus didn't fit in the boxes. And so as Christians, you know, I think it's right for us to feel politically homeless. And there should be a sense of that, right? Because as, as Jesus says, like, my kingdom is not of this world. That, that's like the kingdom as Christians, as Christians, the kingdom that we belong to is not of this world. We belong to the kingdom of God. And there are certain dynamics. And that's what, what we've been really honing in on when we when in this in the Sermon on the Mount, practicing the way Jesus is a sermon series that we're preaching through right now, that as Christians, we are operating underneath the lordship, the kingship of Jesus. Like there are different dynamics and there there are different values in the kingdom of Jesus than there are in the Republican Party and and in the the, uh, Democratic Party. And so we really need to be thoughtful in the way that we engage politically. And here's what I want to press on, um, kind of bringing the idea of politics and hospitality together, is that we need to be very careful about how we speak about politics within the, in the confines of, of our missional community or, or when we're in the presence of other Christians and there are non-Christians or other Christians who don't necessarily agree with us, uh, politically speaking, um, in the midst of us, okay? So we need to be thoughtful about the way we are speaking about our politics. And one of the ways that, you know, it's... I'm not saying that we don't talk about politics because I think it's really helpful. I think there's definitely a place to wrestle through what does it mean to be a Christian and what sort of political value should we hold near and dear to our heart? Like how do we, how does our, how do our politics come under the Lordship of Jesus? I think that's really important for us to work through. But one of the things that can be unhospitable, one of the things that can drive people away, one of the things that can convince people that they don't belong in our missional communities um, or part of this church is by talking about our politics in a way which um, slanders the the political candidate that we don't agree with, that uh, demonizes people who hold different political views than us, um, that mocks uh, different political views. There, there's all kinds of ways that we can talk about politics that is not winsome, okay? And right now, what we're focused on, like hospitable talk is winsome talk. Because we're thinking about, okay, this might this conversation might not make me feel uncomfortable. This might be a conversation that I feel at home with. But but d- does that make this other person who might not agree with me feel uncomfortable? Like how is this making them feel as they occupy the same space as me? And so we have to really be thinking thinking through those things. So think of this for, for a moment. Just put yourself in this scenario. You're in a missional community. 
you've got, you know, you, you've got somebody who's in there who's, who's very outspoken, let's just say outspoken conservative. Um, you know that they've got conservative values. There's other people who, who maybe not to the same extent, but they, they have those, um, some of those values that they, that, that person holds. And they start making these off-colored comments, making these jokes about the other candidate um, in a way that's just kind of like putting, putting that person down or it's, it's just like, just kind of mean. And, and they're in the room with them is a new person. Somebody who's never showed up to, like, let's say it's been years and years and years since they've showed up to church. And here they are, they've taken the initiative, they, they've stepped into a new place, it's a courageous act for, the, for them. Um, to be in this new place, and they and they do not share the same political beliefs. How do you think that person feels in that moment? Right? They hear their candidate being slandered. They hear their candidate being mocked, or their political, their you know their agenda, whatever, being mocked and ridiculed. How do you think that makes them feel? Does that does that sound like they would be excited to come back next week? Does that sound like? They're, they're thinking, oh, this is a place where I feel like I can really get along with these people. Now, it takes the power of the gospel to keep us in community. Because that, if that person were to, to say, hey, I, I have these political views that differ from you, but I believe in, in what Jesus has done to tear down the barriers, the walls of hostility, all, all of these things, in a way that I can still be friends with you, I can still be your brother or sister in Christ without having to demonize you, right? That's, that's the power of gospel at work, keeping Republicans and Democrats in the same room, at the same time, loving one another, being friends, right? That's the power of Jesus. But for this outsider who's taking the step in, for them, that, that sounds like very ostracizing. It, so, it sounds like they, that a wall hasn't come down, a, a new wall has been put up that really has blocked them out. And so we have to be very cautious and thoughtful um, about how we speak about politics in the midst of our missional communities. Um, and specifically thinking, is this winsome? Or and and the apostle Paul, he's got quite a bit to say to this uh, in in Colossians chapter four and verses five and six. Um, he he, you can kind of pick up on the spirit of what he's writing and how this applies to this specific topic. He tells us, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt so that you may know how you, ought, how you ought to answer each person. All right, the, the Apostle Paul is, he's right on the mark here. First of all, when he says walk in wisdom toward outsiders. Now, we could say that walk and talk, right? Because later on he goes on and talk about speech being, being gracious, right? There's a sense where we need to be thoughtful about how our words and actions might be interpreted by outsiders. So walk in wisdom, walk in a way that's above reproach, walk in a way that's winsome, walk in a way where people look at and say, actually, you know what? I might not agree with them, but they carry themselves in such a way that I'm at least willing to entertain their ideas and their thoughts, okay? So walk in wisdom. I think this is a major thing because right now, it's so easy to bite in on the clickbait. It's so easy to bite in on the tribalism and and just let folly run its course. So it's not, we're no longer walking in wisdom. We're walking in the folly of our political party. We're walking in the folly uh, uh, of this, this political angst where we're not walking in wisdom. And Paul says, walk in wisdom specifically toward outsiders in a way where outsiders can look in at you and see, and, and see what you're doing that, that's not just straight up folly. 
So that, that takes a little bit of intentionality. It takes a lot of bit of intentionality. It takes the wisdom. And the way that we can operate wisely is to know God's word, right? To, to, why don't you invest yourself in the book of Proverbs instead of going to Fox News or CNN to get your daily fix of, you know, what you should be mad at, right? What folly you, you have to bite in on this week, right? Instead, go to God's word. Go seek true wisdom. Find the wisdom of Christ and knowledge that James tells us, in his epistle, that, that Jesus is, God is happy to give it to us. He doesn't want to be withholding. So let's go and find true wisdom and find the ways that we can walk in this wisdom instead of walking in folly, especially when it's so accessible, political folly right now. And he says, let your speech always be gracious. Always be gracious. Now, we might think that it's okay to like badmouth uh, a political party or, or people who hold certain political values or, or a candidate behind closed doors. But here, Paul is saying, let your speech always be gracious. I think that's really hard. I, this convicts me. I tell you what, I probably sat on my couch and just complained to my wife about how both parties have been acting like they're, they're bonkers right now. Okay, and so I've made condescending marks. But here, Paul says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. Now, one of my kids' favorite snacks is popcorn. If you don't put enough salt on that thing, they don't want to eat it. You put too much salt on it, they don't want it. All right, be seasoned with salt. So, so let this graciousness kind of saturate our speech in a way where people actually want to consume it. Like people actually want to hear what we say. Because right now, honestly, these debates that we've seen uh, between the, the two presidential candidates is just like, I don't think we can even call them a debate because it's just making fun of each other, just yelling over each other. There's no, there's no way that people are trying to be winsome, right? They're just getting up on their soapbox and, and letting it rip. Nobody wants to hear what they're saying. Nobody from the other party wants to hear what they're saying because what they're saying isn't seasoned with salt. It's not gracious speech. So here Christians have a unique uh, thing to step into to, to let our speech be gracious, to, to let it be seasoned with salt. So people will actually want to hear, to consume what we have to say. So, and that, that's assuming that we've got some wis something wise to say, right? I hope so. I hope the Lord is, is gifting the church with wisdom so that we can speak it graciously, to live it out graciously. And so other people can see it, man, and just see the beauty of Jesus. And I think right now, this is such a strong thing. Um, this is such a powerful thing in this moment in time, how our witness to Jesus is going to be just so much more powerful, so much more winsome than our witness to a political party or a political agenda or political ideologies, right? Because none of these political parties, though they, they, they say they have some sort of answer, right? Though they, they, they offer some sense of, of belonging, they say that essentially, you can only belong to this, like you're part of us if you think this way. And Jesus looks at sinners, he looks at the misfits, he looks at people who just like, I mean, straight up fools, guys. Apart from Christ, we're just fools. And he says, you know what, I still want you. I want, I want, to, I want you to come in, I want you to experience my grace, I want you to, to like bite in on what I have for you, right? The, the, the bread of life, the, the living water. I want you to feast on this and let this transform you in a way where other people can see how you've interacted with Jesus, right? That, that's really what it means to be a Christian is to be a little Jesus, right? That's Christian. The word Christian was like, it was supposed to be a, a condescending thing of little Jesuses. 
but that that's a such a a beautiful thing, right? That that's such a an honor to bestow the name of Jesus, to be Christians, to carry the name. And so I think as Christians, we need to be thoughtful in this political season of how our speech can be gracious, gracious how we go about talking uh, about politics with our church family, especially in the context of mission community, where there might be people who don't agree with us, where there might be outsiders who don't see the things that see things the way we see things, yet. We provide them with the the unfettered truth of the gospel, right? That Jesus loves you right where you are. That Jesus wants to bring you into his family. Jesus wants to put you in the midst of of the misfits of of the the family of God and give you his love and his wisdom and help you to live in life, live life in such a way where you are, are showing your allegiance, not to a political camp, but your allegiance to Jesus because you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. So that's what I got for you this week. I, I pray that this would be helpful, that this would be, um, that w- this would help you to think through how we can engage with other people, especially people who don't think like we do when it comes to politics, um, that's winsome, that invites people in, that doesn't put up walls, instead pulls walls down so we can have this unity of the brotherhood. Love you guys. Uh, have a great rest of your week. We will talk to you next week.